0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to share as we're continuing here um, in that spirit. Some of you uh, may, have, may be aware of uh, a situation. Um, there was a, an, an accident, uh, I think it was now a couple of weeks ago, where a young uh, man and a, his girlfriend, and a young woman, were in an accident, and uh, somehow or some way the car went off the road. It was just in Wesley Chapel, and, and the, the young people drowned. I know, uh, I, I. You know, my heart goes out. But I found out that um, this was the son of a, a a minister, a minister in a church, uh, our friends over at uh, Life Church. He was an associate pastor for our our friend Pastor Ed for a while, and uh, had just moved on. The Lord had uh, uh, moved he and his wife into uh, a different ministry, a ministry of their own. And this was his son, and his son was called to the ministry as well, as my understanding. Now, we also have a mutual friend who is uh, very much a friend of this, this family, um, Pastor Rory, who many of you know. Um, Pastor Rory and he, I believe, uh, went to seminary together. Um, and I, I didn't find out until recently in a conversation um, with Pastor Rory who exactly this was and who this family was. And so when I was talking to Pastor Rory, Pastor Rory expressed to me, obviously, he's heartbroken, uh, as many of us are, and then I was especially, uh, even all the more heartbroken, as bad as that sounds, all the more heartbroken when I found out who it was. Um, But he had expressed to me how the Lord was moving um, in that man's, and how it was ministering to Rory, um, how um, our brother how the Lord is ministering through him, even in the middle of this bad situation. He was talking to people and communicating with people. And I'm not on Facebook, so uh, there were some posts and stuff that he had uh, shared. He being um, Brother Kurt, who this is is, is um, who this has happened to. And I, I asked Rory to send me one because you know um, I, I trust Pastor Rory as many of you do. He's he's not uh, off the wall or anything like that. And he was. Literally speaking, how God was literally ministering to him um, by this. So I send it. uh, Here's one of the posts that our brother, who's suffering this tragedy, he's wrote. It is well with me. Is a very true line and a line that is for sure a bold declaration. As I have probably uttered this line no less than five hundred times in the last ten days, I realized it is not that line that it hits the hardest. It's the line leading to it. The verse, through it all, my eyes are on you. In this season, like no other season of my life, I am grasping the weight of these words. There are questions, there are unknowns, there are whys and what-fors. Through all of these questions, pain, tears, and hurt, I am learning to keep my eyes affixed to the Creator. None of it makes sense to me that as, as I lock eyes with Him through His Word, His people, His church, and His creation, I suddenly realize... It is well. please understand today because tomorrow is not guaranteed that you are loved. please I'm going to repeat that. please understand today because tomorrow is not guaranteed. You are loved. He has an amazing plan and purpose for you in every step you take. Will days be hard? Yes. Will there be days that ma- getting out of bed is the toughest decision you make that entire day? Yes. Will there be days that it is easier to turn turn and run than it is to stand up and praise Him? Absolutely. But know this, He is good. He loves you. And brother or sister, He is for you. Lock eyes with Him. Try to see Him in everything. Praise Him through anything. Love others with everything you have. Then as you lay down at night, look back on the day and realize you gave everything you had for Him. It is in that moment you can close your eyes and utter these words. It is well with my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if I could have that attitude given the same situation. I believe the man is 100% sincere. 100%. Hallelujah. So Lord God, here we are. We lift up our brother to you. And thank you, Lord, for the mighty work that you're doing in him. And thank you for the mighty work that you're doing through him. Lord, I don't know if I can have that same spirit. I don't know if I can make that same declaration. I'd like to think that I could. But Lord, thank you that you are so powerful, so awesome. And because you love us so much, you're not willing that any of us should suffer alone without you and that even in the middle of our sufferings there you are to strengthen us to give us clarity lord to bring us comfort lord to be able to see with spiritual eyes that you are still god and you are still in charge and we may not know right now but we will know when we see you face to face so lord continue to bless our brother, but Lord, I pray that somehow, way, you would bless us. That's through his experience, Father, that we can look at some of the minor things that we go through and that we complain about and that we feel like we just can't go another step further and look at that situation and understand with clarity, Lord, that we just need to keep our eyes affixed on you. Yes. Lord, that in you, all of those things are taken care of. And even though we don't fully understand in a moment, Lord, You'll bring clarity. You'll help us. So now, Lord, as we break this bread of life, as Lord, I can't speak to them and affect their lives at all. I can't, Lord. Only you can. So, Lord, in this moment, take control. Give us all, Lord, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive your word. Lord, bless us with power. Bless us, Holy Spirit, that we may be able to understand what it is that God is uttering to us. Holy Spirit, empower us to receive the words and then to do them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. That's pretty powerful. Well, I'm going to begin in one of the scriptures where we uh, were last week because I do think that there is a flow. And for those of us who are together on. Wednesday, and we started a new study or a new book or a new letter, I should say, and that would be 2 Timothy, and there will be some of that in there as well. So we were part of where we were last week was Matthew chapter 5, in verse 43, it says, You have heard it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors do the same. Now context, the tax collectors were viewed as traitors. They were unlovable, unlikable. They were traitors to their own people. For if, <laughs> So even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the non-believers or the Gentiles do the same? Verse 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. And so, my brothers and sisters, I know that you know. Last week, you know, the Lord taught us something. We were in different places in different scriptures. But then, during the week, as I was studying, making ready for Wednesday, and in that um, second letter to Timothy, um, in part of the explanation or in part of the exposition, I was taken to a scripture, and we'll be here together right now in First John chapter four, beginning in verse seven. It says, "Dear friends." Let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now look at 11 with me. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. So now, look, my brothers and sisters, Jesus said, I want to go back. Don't go back at it. You could just leave that up there. That's fine. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus is actually talking from the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it talks about some of the enemies that you know, would be shunned. But God now, and now Jesus is saying, look, that's what, it, but I'm saying something to you now that you're going to love your enemies. Radical Christianity, unlike other radical sects, demands forgiveness, mercy, and love. So the most radical of Christians don't take up arms and fight their enemies. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to go and fight for your country. I, I'm not going there. But let's listen to what I'm saying in the context in which God is, ha, has us this morning. Radical Christianity, true faith lived out, means that you love your enemies and you pray for them and you pray for those who persecute you. You don't keep, continue to try to find fault and look and persecute back or revile back or you, are you with me? Don't look for reason to continue to hate them. No, in fact, you should be looking and have reason enough to love them. Well, that's where we go into 1 John. So now watch. So the early church, Jesus is preaching, you know, you've, you've heard it said this, but I'm saying this. Now, I'm not, not only do you love your neighbors, I'm telling you that you love your enemies. But now here we go. Uh, decades later, you have the Apostle John who walked with Jesus, talked to Jesus, and now uh, he's speaking to the church. And he's reminding them that they have to love each other. What do you think? You think there might have been some problems or issues? You think people needed to be reminded by that time? Yes! Yes and amen! How do I know that? Because I worship with people. And I'm not trying to, you know, bring conviction or condemnation on anybody because people are people are people. Same then, same now. You get comfort levels, you get used to certain things, and your mind is here or there, and you forget the important thing. Isn't that right? So John is not saying to them, hey, you better be praying for your enemies, you better be loving your enemies. No, he's saying, you better start. You better make sure you're loving each other because there is no way that you could say that you love God who you can't see when you don't love your brother who you could see. He, 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 read First John. Right? But I love... See, now remember, Jesus told us in 48 of of Matthew 5, you must be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And and John, by the Holy Spirit, is saying, listen, no one has seen God, but God is known because of the love that you have for each other. That's how you're displaying to everyone, including each other, that that God is real. Amen? Amen? Okay. And you notice what it says. It says that this is in this, this is love." See, he's not just saying, "You must love one another." He's saying, "This is what love looks like. What, God? Here's what it looks like. Not that we loved him, but he loved us. And God took a body and became tortured and killed for us. That's what love is. Love is sacrifice. Love is commitment. Love is, regardless of how you stink on ice, Tony, I'm still going to die for you. I'm still going to do for you. How many times have you heard that from this pulpit? Amen? Amen. But look it, it must be important. Why? Because it's repeated in the Bible several times. Why? Because we're still people. But we're striving for perfection. We're striving to imitate, to look like, to be like our dad in heaven. Amen? Okay, so now continuing in John, and this is the one that got me. In First John, we were here together on Wednesday for those of you who were with us. In First John, uh, chapter 4, beginning in verse 17, love has been perfected. There's that word. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. As He is, so are we in this world. He's raised from the dead, seated in glory. There is no fear in love, but perfect, there's that word again, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. See, our, our, come on, stay with me. Do not sleep. I've got a lot of scriptures and I know how that bores people. And, but, but please, can you hear the word of God? Listen to what this is saying to you and to me. We're to be perfect like our Father who is in heaven. Lord, I want to learn how to love like you, like you say we should love. Listen, love is perfected in us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Uh, Listen, I understand that God loves me so much, and I love God, so I, listen, I'm not all proud and boastful when I stand before God, but I know because of His love for me and the love that I have for Him, I don't have to fear hell. This is what this is saying. I don't have to hope, hope and pray and maybe and you know, keep my fingers crossed when I stand before God. And Maybe, uh, did I do enough things right? Did I do it right? Did I do it good? No. If I love Him, I know He loves me. And if I love Him, I know that when I stand before Him, I don't have to fear hell. Amen. And God wants you to have that. Why? Because He doesn't want you tormented. Amen. Right? So now if there's still a question in your mind, listen, if the breath was to leave your body right now, where would you go? If there's that much doubt or hesitation, my brother and sister, before you leave here today, or before you turn off that electronic device, you can know for a certainty, because God gives you that. Why? Because He loves you, and He doesn't want you tormented. But look at also what He says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. All kind of fear. He who fears has not been perfected. My brothers and sisters, look, and, and remember in Matthew 48, you, there must, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, listen... I'm reading all of this perfect stuff and I see where it's coupled with love and I understand that God is love. I cannot be perfected without God. I cannot be perfected without love. And love can't be something that I just let slip past my lips. Love has to be the love that He has demonstrated and that is a sacrificial love. That is a love that says, I don't care whether you look like me, act like me, talk like me, I don't care. If you hate me, like me, whatever, I am committed to loving you. Now, again, easy to say, without him, impossible to do. And I'm going to stand here and tell you that there are people... Tony Tony loves everybody. Well, I want to love everybody. Oh, come on. I, I want to love everybody. And that's why I think the Lord has just tackled me. Holy Spirit has tackled me when we were in that scripture. And we'll we'll give the one in Timothy here in a moment that really caused me when I was looking and studying and trying to really uh, exegete this. I, I looked at this and then it brought me back to the scripture, which I've read hundreds of times probably over the last 40 years. First John is one of my favorite books to read. You've heard me quote First John 4 9 many times. Every Halloween, it's hanging in front of my house. First John 4 9. Every Halloween. My grandkids know it. People that come to my neighborhood take pictures with it. But my brothers and sisters, I can hang all of those signs that I want. I can recite it as many times and preach it, but it has to be at practice in my life. Amen. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that You would teach us how to love like You loved. Amen. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank You for the conviction. And now, Lord Jesus, I thank You for the message. Lord, please help me to speak Your words and help them to hear Your words. Lord, help us to love even the unlovable. Help us to love, Lord, even our own brothers who we say we love, but we actually don't with our actions. Lord, help us in Jesus' name to understand Your Word. Holy Spirit, empower us to do Your Word. Amen? Amen. So, look, we need to love like Jesus. We need to love like Jesus loved. Period. There, there is no, I can't be, I'm not Jesus. No. He's just, He's commanded us. And we don't have permission to, to, to look at somebody else. Man, there are people in the church who don't love other people in the church. There, there are black churches and white churches. Why? There are you know Korean churches. Why? Now, if there's a language barrier, that's something else. I, I understand that. But my brothers and sisters, there should not be that. The church is divided. So now I understand a little bit more. John is saying to the church, you must be perfected in love. And if you're not, you're missing it. You're you're not saved. So Lord, perfect us in love. Amen? We have to love. So where we were was, remember now this is Paul. We were in our second Timothy studies, we got to verse uh, six, and, and that's where we'll begin. In second Timothy six one six. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I want to pause there for a minute. I want to pause there. Look at So now watch. Timothy had a gift. Right? Yeah. You got a gift. You. You got a gift. You. you everybody has, uh, God has, has done something in you. There is something that God has put in you. We're all called to a ministry of reconciliation. And your salvation didn't, didn't surprise God. God knew that you would call His name out. God knew that you would respond to His love. And He's already equipped you and given you gifts, given you some things so that you could fulfill the ministry of reconciliation that He has for you. And if that's not first and foremost on your mind, you need to go and repent. My brothers and sisters, there was a gift that was in Timothy. Paul prayed, and he excited that gift in Timothy. Amen? And so now, look at after however long it's been, now Paul is saying to Timothy, stir that thing up. And on Wednesday, I I said, I have a burn barrel in my backyard and you know we're burning papers, and Michelle and I, all the, like, the old records and stuff that we don't have a shredder, so we're burning stuff, and every once in a while, I get some stuff in there, and, the, and I start to smother the fire because it's not of oxygen or whatever, so I got a stick, and I start stirring that thing up, and all of a sudden, whew, that flame starts, it burns my eyebrows away. Uh, but, but listen, but do, but do you understand? That That is exactly what God is saying through the apostle to the pastor. Let Look, stir that up whatever that gift was whatever stir that up yeah. that you know it's it's starting to go out it's, it's it's simmering just a little bit there's some coals and there's some embers in there and there's still some fuel but you got to stir it up amen. who needs to be stirred up amen, amen. Yeah. look at the world is going through a shaking yes, it is. it's going to shake but not me and not you we just need to be stirred yeah. hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. So stir up that gift that's on you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, how many in this church have ever heard that scripture before? How many of you have ever read it on your own and studied it before? Oh man, so many times, right? Well, you're going to hear it again. Well, we're going to. I'm going to just bit by bit here now look at this a little bit and just kind of draw out a little bit what the Holy Spirit would have us to draw out. So now fear. We're going to... And if you notice... Yeah, I did. Thank you. Uh, What's your name again? Addison? For leaving that up. (laughs) Thank you, Addison. So now we're going to take it bit by bit. Fear. Fear. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Here's what it says. As much then as the children have partaken of the flesh and blood... That's the children of God have taken on the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. He himself likewise shared in the same that through the death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is, the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What does that mean? Well, listen. There's an instinctive thing that we have to hang on to life. It's a good you know, It keeps us from doing stupid things at least when we get a little older. When we're younger, I'm not going to... But listen, do you understand? We have the instinct to try to hang on to life. But how many times are we looking at not doing things because there's fear? If I do this, it might injure me. If I do that, it might hurt me. And some of those things should be uh, taken into um, consideration. Thank you. But, but, but now look, when, when it's speaking spiritual things here, it's speaking to something maybe a little bit different. You know, back then... Uh, you know, you go against the Roman government, part of the, part of the justification for the Jews to bring Jesus to get crucified was, well, he says he's the king and everybody knows that there's only one King Caesar. And it was a sin for them to even say that. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You know, you could be killed for little or nothing. But how many times in our own lives, I mean, do we make decisions uh, because we think that... Let me just ask you this. Does the fear of death have any um, influence over us at all during our lifetime? Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. But now those of us who are Christian understand something just a little bit different. Right? We understand that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So now, while I don't go out there and you know, walk in the middle of traffic because I want to go be with him, but but I also know that if something was to happen to me uh, or if the doctor gave me a bad report, I say, okay, doc, you know, it is what it is. Walk out of there. Lord, heal me or, or take me home. Now, listen. Easy for me to say, right? Because I'm not in the middle of that situation. I don't know what's, what's going on in my body right now. Feel good. But who knows, right? When I... When I had COVID, uh, you know, I'm coughing up a lung. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, Lord. After a few days, when they refused to give me that, whatever, they were saying, you know, whatever the medicine was, or whatever, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. Okay. Here's what I said. Lord, Lord, because that's as sick as I think I've felt in a, that I can remember. Lord, Lord, if this is to my death, take me. Lord, If you're going to heal me, do it quicker. (laughs) I'm I'm serious. But my mind was made up. The only regret, or not even a regret, the only um, tweak that I would have in my heart is my wife and kids. You know? Okay, I I just don't want them hurt. You know? And I want Michelle to at least mourn for five years. (laughs) (laughs) But you understand, my brothers and sisters, so what I'm saying, that, and so even in the middle of that situation, okay, God, I don't fear death. I don't fear, if this thing is going to take me out, Lord, then let it take me out quick. Lord, if I'm going to be healed, then heal me quick. Please. Okay? A couple of days I felt better, you know, and then I'm looking to, you know, go back to work, <laughs> and, and all of that stuff. So do you understand what I'm saying to you? And, and I understand, my brothers and sisters, on the scale of things that happen to people that's low. I understand. We have cancer survivors in this room. We have ca- we have people in this room who have you know suffered many things worse than COVID nineteen. We have people who have been in the military. We have people who have have served uh, with husbands that have been in the military. We have had you know there are many things, many sacrifices that I can't imagine. But even in all of that, my brothers and sisters we understand as born-again believers that, yep, you may be able to take my life away, but that's only going from here to there. That's only a doorway because I'm going to live forever with my King. Amen? Okay, look at what Psalm 118.6 says. 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? My brothers and sisters, here's the bigger fear, I think, that hinders us. Not just of death, but I think the fear of confrontation with people. The fear of not being liked, wanting to be liked. I think, you know, making somebody mad at you, whether it's somebody in authority or someone you think may be able to take your life, so you comp- come on, or someone could cause physical harm to you. We have people in this room who have have issues as it relates to people who mean them harm. They're calling on the name of the Lord. But even in all of that, know that they know that they know. If God is for them, eventually it's going to work out for their good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So look, young people, old people, people in the middle. I want to speak to my young people. Listen... (laughs) Everybody wants to be liked, but at what cost? What are you willing to give up in order for uh, not to be popular? Uh, Young women, if a boy is pressuring you to go in places that you don't want to go, yeah, but if I don't, then he's going to break up with me or whatever, let him break up with you. He's not worthy of you. But the God who created you, who loves you, who died for you, He's worth it all. And He says, save yourself. Young men, if you're in that position where um, you know, you've got those hormones raging and you think that, you know, well, a little bit is not going to hurt, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Amen. Isn't it amazing I say these things and I'm probably looked at as an old-fashioned preachy kind of, you know, but my brothers and sisters, I see what's going on in the culture and in society today, and it makes me want to cry or choke somebody or both. What they're doing to our children is ridiculous. It's not even hidden anymore. And all they're doing is trying to destroy God's image on earth. And my brothers and sisters, there is a price to pay for that. So those of us, now I'm going to speak to the older people. You know what? Our children are doing some of that because we've allowed it. Tony, you, you say the same things all the time. Well, I got to say it because my brothers and sisters, I don't know how much longer I have. I don't know how much longer I have, but I do know that we're in the last days and we're looking at our young people who will see the coming of the Lord. They will see, or they will be here when that Lord splits the sky. And I want them to see Him. Because only those who are looking for Him will be the ones that see Him. Don't matter how old you are. You need to be looking for Him. And we older people, we need to be pointing that way. Are we? See, when we start to compromise and do things in our lives, then we're telling our young people it's okay to compromise a little bit here and there. And we can't do it. Well, I, you know, I, me and my husband are true to each other. Our kids have... Now, what, what other things are you compromising? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? Because, listen, my brothers and sisters, they just know that when we speak a chaste life, when we speak a life that's followed after Christ, and then there's some missteps, they just see the missteps. My brothers and sisters, when they see the missteps, they, listen, I wasn't perfect, amen, when I raised my kids. Is my son back there? Yeah. I Was, was I perfect when I raised you? No. Thank you. Well, you could, you'd have to say it so fast. I mean, it, I was a little quick. <laughs> no, I wasn't perfect, but my brothers and my sisters, one thing that I think that I hope that my children remember is if I messed up, they knew that I was, listen, I would either tell them, Ask them for forgiveness. Or I would say, don't judge the Jesus that I serve. I've made a mistake. I am am prone to making mistakes. So don't judge the Jesus who I'm trying to serve with everything I have according to everything I'm doing. Although what I'm supposed to do is being an example. Come on. Come on. So I'm not saying that or confessing that to you, my brothers, my sisters, my brothers, my sisters, so that you have excuse. Oh, Pastor Tony did. No, I mess up. I wish I... Listen, someone always is asking me, especially at the age that I am now, and I'm surrounded by some people who are similar in age, Tom, wouldn't you like to go back and be 25 again? No. The only way I would do it is two things. Number one, God wanted me there, and number two, I know what I know now. Especially about God. In fact, only about God. I would go back then if God wanted me to go back, and if He said, okay, listen, what you know about me now... Instead of what you knew when you were twenty-five, that's what you're going to know. Hallelujah. Okay, Lord. Amen. So, so now let's continue. And I'll, now remember, we're talking about fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we're still talking about fear in Matthew ten. Now Jesus is going to say some things here that's going to shock you. You're going. To, oh, did Jesus really say that? Watch it. Watch them. are going to. Somebody watch okay a disciple 10 verse 24 a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master if they've called the master of those beelzebub remember jesus was being called the devil he was being called by a pagan god name beelzebub is like a pagan god name The, the fly god the god of the flies that stings okay how much more will they call those of the household so what, you see what Jesus is saying? If they're calling me, Beelzebub, we think they're going to call you. No, no, no. What are you talking about? When you become born again Christian, everything is sunshine and lollipops. What are they talk? God wants to bless you. Yeah, he does. And yeah, he will. But you're still going to have to take it on the chin. Amen? Was Jesus blessed? Absolutely. He had the Spirit like nobody else. He was filled with the Spirit, overflowing. That human body was overflowing with the Spirit. Amen? Without measure. Was he blessed? Yeah, he was blessed did he suffer persecution? Yes, he did. Yes. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will be that will not be revealed. There is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and not, and <clears throat> hidden that will not be known. Think about that for a minute. What are those secret things that you've got? Cuz you see what he's saying? You may be hiding it right now. And I'm going to tell you this. And even and if you're doing it electronically, it's not hidden. I don't care how much you think, and my son thinks I should wear an aluminum foil hat. I don't care how much that you think that what you're doing on those computers is private, it's encrypted. Isn't it's not. And I and I know that people will make fun of me because I'm old fat. And, you know I don't know anything. I'm just stupid. I'm just a dumb preacher. I, I'm t- if okay, go ahead and believe that. But when the when this, when this is saying this, this is not talking just. About spiritually, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. So, now watch, think about this. So, what is Jesus saying to his disciples? He's saying, "I'm going to be ministering to you when you go into your prayer closet, when you're studying my word. I'm going to be saying things to you, and here's what I want you to do: go and shout it out." Is that is that a Tony interpretation? No, He's saying, go to the rooftop. What I'm telling you, when you're in your private study time, when you're in your prayer time, when Holy Ghost is knocking on the door of your heart, when Holy Ghost is, that's what what I'm doing now. Holy Ghost has ministered something to me, my brothers and sisters. And Jesus is saying something to you and to me. What I'm speaking to you, what I'm ministering to you, by my Spirit, when you're studying, when you're praying, go and speak it out. Hallelujah. Don't be shy about it. Don't be afraid. Do you see this? What's going on in here? Don't be afraid to say it. Say it. Verse 28. Do not fear. See, this is is the whole gist of what I want you to get. Do not fear. Do not fear what? Speaking what you know about Jesus. Living what you know about Jesus. Have no fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It is, uh, do not fear those who could kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather, here's what I want you... This is Jesus speaking. Listen to this. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who's that? Who's that? Well, no. My God is loving. He's merciful. Yeah, I know. Read Revelation like, like Francis Chan says. He's a puffy dog. My brothers and sisters, there is... Listen. God is just. He's righteous. He's not willing that anyone should perish. And listen, and gave his life for it. But when you choose to go that way, there's, 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 a, there's a price to pay. There is a hell, and we choose to go there. So look, don't fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear whom is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. But the, very, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Are, are you hearing that? Don't fear. Don't worry about speaking out. Don't worry about doing the things that He's called you to. And persecution's going to come, and when the persecution comes, know that He's with you, and you can speak out. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Amen? All right, verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But who denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. My brothers and sisters, I want to say something to you right now. There are many of us, or some of us in this room, and certainly some who are watching, that we have a fear of living out, speaking our faith in front of certain people. We do. Come on. Now, how can you read a passage like that and then justify not speaking out. Just saying. What if Jesus really meant that? What if He really meant what He just said? I got a feeling He did. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. So now we're going to go into power. In power, in Acts 1.8... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria and to the end of the earth. My brothers and sisters, look it. When Jesus is talking about the end of the earth, he didn't, he's not speaking just the earth that they know of. He's speaking the end of the earth. Right? They knew the you know, what they knew, but they didn't know how big the earth was. They didn't know, there was no such thing to them as the United States of America. There was no such thing. They just knew uh, Asia Minor, Africa, North Africa, you know, the, Mid- the Middle Eastern area. They knew that, but they really didn't know much beyond that. Amen? Okay, so now listen. Jesus is saying, you're going to be my witnesses, but... First, before you can even be my witness, even though you've spent three and a half years with me, even though you've seen the empty grave, even though you've put your fingers in the nail prints, even though you've stuck your hand on my side, you've seen that body that was dead come out of that grave alive, even though you still need something else. What? You need the power. My spirit's going to come into you and empower you to be my witnesses. You're going to be empowered to speak the things that you've seen and heard. You're going to be empowered to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And then, and then we know what happened in Acts chapter 2. It came, right? Yeah. And when it came, my brothers and sisters, first thing up, there was a sound as a rushing mighty wind. Amen? And people began to use... There were spiritual utterances that were given. They spoke in tongues a language that was not known on the earth, they started speaking that language and they were speaking the wonderful works of God. Many of these people knew people that had already suffered. Many of these people have already seen the suffering that Jesus went, and these were witnesses to Jesus' life and to His death. And now they're speaking the wonderful miracles of God. Then Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times, the one who had fear, didn't he? How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, he denied Him three times because he was afraid. And he denied him to a little girl. He was afraid. And so he denied Christ. But now this same Peter, he gets up and he's baptized with Holy Ghost. Now he's preaching a message with power, with attitude, and he's telling them, you didn't believe him. You didn't believe him. Hallelujah. All of a sudden he's endued with this power. And we know this also that Uh, there was this mighty miracle-working power that was upon the apostles. Right? Not just the apostles. Because remember, there was somebody else. What was his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Stephen. Stephen. See, Stephen was one that they said was full of faith and power. Why would they say he's full of faith and power? Because he could preach the word and there were signs, wonders, and miracles that followed him. What about Philip the Evangelist? This is not an apostle. These men are not apostles. These men are just disciples and they happen to be elected deacons because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How did they know they were filled with the Holy Spirit? The way they were living. Their living actually exposed the power that was inside of them. It made it plain. It made it evident that there was this power that was on the inside of them. And they, no doubt, did signs, wonders, and miracles. No doubt. My brothers and sisters, what about when the apostle Paul, he heard from Jesus, he met Jesus in the death, and he goes, go and see, go, go to this certain house. And then he, at the same time, is talking to Ananias, a disciple, not an apostle. He says, go and minister to him. And he says, lay hands on He laid hands on him so that Paul could receive his sight back. Remember that? Yes. Hallelujah. What about the What about the Italian? <laughs> what about the Italian? Huh? Cornelius. They go to his house. He starts. Peter starts preaching the word, and before he can finish the message, they're all speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost falls on them and empowers them with these mighty spiritual gifts. Come on, are you getting it? We've got this power, and see, we we've those of us who. I don't know Pentecostal and Charismatics and all this other stuff. There, there have been so much emphasis in the past years about certain gifts and stuff. So it kind of loses. I think it loses something. But my brothers and sisters, look at this. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit, capitalized, is is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So listen to this. The same, listen, the same spirit that was inside of Jesus, that raised Him from the dead. Do you think that that spirit might have had a little power? There's a dead body, and that spirit then raises Him up from the dead. Is that powerful? Hallelujah! Yes, it's powerful. So now what He's saying to you and to me is that same power, that same spirit, that rose Jesus from the dead is now living inside of you. Do you have power? Yes, God has not given you a spirit, but a power. Power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting this? Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Yes. But you know what? With all of that, with all of the... Um, if, if we look in Corinthians, it talks about the, the spiritual manifestations and it just says desire spiritual gifts. But in Galatians, it talks about the spiritual fruit. My brothers and sisters, the spiritual fruit has to be the thing that we really have our eye on we have to. We have to have faith, love, joy, peace, all of those spiritual fruits. Amen? Long-suffering, patience is one of them. So all of those things that are characters of God. So if I have the Spirit of God living inside of me, then I need to demonstrate that character. That character needs to come out. Is anybody listening to the preacher this morning? Hallelujah. Okay? You are of God, little children, first John four four, and have not and have overcome them, because he who is in you is great. I'm saying that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We have power. We have power. And remember where we were in Second Timothy a little while ago. You don't have to put it back up at but remember where we were in, in verse thirteen and fourteen of chapter one. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love. That's fruit of the Spirit. Right? Faith and love is fruit of the Spirit. So now, hold fast, pattern, sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So all of those things, those good things that God has blessed you with, Holy Spirit is the power that allows us, that's the power we depend on, to get them and to keep them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. We're going to skip love for a minute. We're going right to a sound mind because there's many unsound minds. No, I'm just saying. We're going to a sound mind. So, sound mind. So, now in Ephesians chapter 4, some of these you're just going to look up later, okay? Some will be up there, some it won't be. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, But you have not so learned in Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, there's where we've been. Everybody remember that? Which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which was created, in God, acor- created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Some of you are not paying attention right now and it's starting to get on my nerves. So now look, God, help me. God, please help me. This is not the word of Tony. This is the word of God that's coming at you. And if you're here, he means for you to hear it. So pay attention. I know, and I know that some of you, that turned you off. I just said that, and I, you're, you're, man, you should have said that. I'm talking life and death here, folks. Life and death. See what he's saying? You need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You're going to have to take some action. You're going to have to do something. Right? God is giving you what you need, but it's going to be an act of your will now. Amen? And he's saying that you've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you keep that same mind, you're, you're not going to be able to receive the things of the spirit. Why? Because you're corrupt. Remember those messages that we spoke not too long ago. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So watch. You have to do something. What? Don't conform to the world. Right? They're telling you how you should look, how you should dress, how you should talk, right? What you should think, how you should feel. Isn't that what the world is good at? Absolutely. Isn't that what the world is doing? Isn't that how the world is training our children, taking our children right from out, out from underneath of us? Yes, it is. But see what the, what the Word of God is saying to us. Be transformed by, re- by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good one. Okay, okay Tony, I heard that. Uh, yeah, but what? what? What do you think I'm going to say? Read and pray. Read, pray. If you want your, your, your mind transformed, read and pray. But here's the, here's the other element that has to be added. Otherwise, all of that means absolutely nothing. Whatever you read and pray about, make sure you do. Make sure you do. Because if you don't do it, it's, it's not going to have any effect on you. It's not going to have any effect on you. you now, you could have it on your mind, but if you're not practicing it, there's just something else is going to fill your mind. And you're going right? You become, you're still living according to the world. You're corrupt. The word that you have then becomes corrupted. You start to go ahead and maybe, you know, just compromise a little bit here, a little bit there. And once you start doing that, my brothers and sisters, that's it. You're done. You can't learn anymore. You can't advance anymore. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. So now look at Philippians chapter 2 with me in verse 5. I'm, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but look, I'm trying to show you, you know, how this is. This is not Tony saying this. This is what God is saying to you and to me. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you need to think and have the attitude of Jesus. Are you there? Who being in the form of God did not consider it to be equal to God. So what was they saying? He knew he was God. That's what that's saying. He knew he was God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. So he was God. He knew he was God, but he humbled himself and he just became a man, right? And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. So you see what happens? Okay, so let this mind that was in Jesus be in you. Okay, what does that mean? Here's what it means. He just told you. Jesus was God, yet He humbled Himself. And He became a man. Well, what can I do? I mean, Does that mean I have to become a bug? Does that mean I have to become something that's less than a man? What does that mean? Do I become subhuman? What do I do? No! Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. See see what it says here? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. It's going to cost you something. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be willing. And you've got to know that it's going to cost you something. It's going to be uncomfortable. There are going to be people who are going to rule and reign over you and they're not going to be nice people. But my brothers and sisters here, when it says, uh, because I've heard men of God say this, I'll humble myself before God, but there's certain men I won't humble myself before. Well, then you're not being humble before God. Because look, what Jesus, look at what Jesus did. Jesus could have called the legion of angels and stopped everything, but he didn't. Why? Because he knew that wasn't what God wanted. That wasn't the plan. From the beginning of time, that was not the plan. So he humbled himself and he obeyed God. My brothers and sisters, young people, old people, it doesn't matter. So now let me, young people. That means you may not agree with your parents all the time, but you need to obey them. That's humbling. That's saying, "Okay, God, you're number 1, and according to you, I have to honor my father and my mother." So now, even though I don't agree with them, you know, that and, and especially your grandfather, you got to obey your grandfather. I'm just saying, "No, but even though that old man doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm going to humble myself before you and obey. Even though everything in my flesh right now wants to do something else." Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Amen young people can I get an amen from the young people okay it's it's not it's, i'm not you know i'm not asking you to agree with me no listen just trust that i love you trust that he loves you and trust that when he loves you he, and he means for you to do good and he doesn't mean for for any harm to come over your life that when he says to do these things if you will be humble and follow these things the end of it is going to be good now even when i don't see it you all right even when I don't feel that you're working. That's faith. So you've got to trust Him. And then even in the middle of that, when you feel yourself saying, I don't want to do this. That's your flesh. Yes. That's your flesh. And so that's all the more that you call on the Spirit of God. God, my flesh is all into this, but I know Your Word says that. So right now, listen, right now, Lord, I am weak. Please show yourself strong in this area for me. And He will do it. He's done it for me. Has He done it for anybody else in here? Yes, he's done it for me. He's done it for me. So, young people, old people, everybody. See, that's the thing I'm saying to the young people because you're right in the middle of being bombarded. But listen, us older people, it's the same. It's the same. When people start saying stuff on fake book, snap crap, or whatever it's called—I don't know—when people start saying all of this stuff, and you you feel like you got to get in the middle of it, or you got to get in the middle of something, or you got to say something. I mean, come, come on! No, 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 no. Yeah, but I'm just going to add a scripture. Oh, please, please, please. Yeah, but we could do a lot of ministry. Oh, yeah, okay. You know what? If you're so into ministry, do it here. I'm giving you an open platform. I'm I'm begging people to bring it. Let's bring it. Let's see what we can do together. I'll finance it. This church will finance it. Bring your ideas. If you want, if you're that into ministry, you really want to minister somebody, come here. Let's throw it out there. Let's do it. Amen. All right, you said amen, so I'm expecting somebody to contact me here pretty quick. But remember, my brothers and sisters, listen, it mean, when you, you had this mind that was in Christ, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you, it's speaking, it's going to cost you something. That above all things, you humble yourself before God and you obey the will of God. And so this, now watch, look at what we're studying here. Love your brother. That's not a, that, that's, that's a command. Love your brother. You know, you need to be like your Father who's in heaven. That's a command. It's not wishful thinking on God's part. If I could get them to do that, everything would... Will... No, God is saying, this is how. This is what it takes. And so now, look at you. Well, I, don't, I can't do that. No, you can't. You can't do it. But that's why He's given you His Spirit. That's why He's given you His Word. That's why, my brothers and sisters, He's given you these spiritual gifts and these attributes. You can't do it, but He can through you. Amen? Lose. But you can't, but he can't do his through you if you don't humble yourself. Yes. You've got to humble yourself. Alright? Uh, remember what we read again in 2 Timothy 1, 13, and 14. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love. Amen. Remember, keep the fruit of the Spirit. And that good thing is committed to you by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. See, so, you now watch. Jesus humbled himself. And, and I just mentioned a moment ago, Jesus could have called down a legion of angels, but he didn't. Right? And it says he kept his mouth shut. When he stood before when he stood before Caesar, he could have said whatever he wanted to. The only one thing he said, "I came to bear witness of the truth." You know, yeah, okay. Uh, your kingdom is? Are you a king? Yeah. Well, you're a king. So you're a king. Yeah, I'm a king. But my kingdom isn't of this place. If my kingdom was of this place, this is what would happen. And and right. And I came to bear witness to the truth. But he could have said a bunch of things. How about when they were in the garden and they come to arrest him? Peter draws a sword, cuts off one of the guy's ears. What does Jesus do? Good for you. No. He puts the ear back on. He heals him. And, and, then, re, and then rebukes his, his disciple. Man, you cannot do that. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. <laughs> Can you imagine that? So, look. What am I saying? Th- this sound mind is being played out. In Je- we see it all through Jesus' life when he's reviled, when his brothers and, and his mother they listen, listen. No, he doesn't bow to them or he no his brothers. You, you know, they don't like him. They think he's a lunatic. You know, and and nowhere in this scripture. And I don't care if you want to find a, of somebody's mysterious writing about when Jesus was young, he did bad thing. He never did a bad thing. So look it. Here's the thing. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that Jesus reviled his brothers. Yep. Nowhere, in the scri- Nowhere in the scripture does it say that. But they reviled him. Yes. We do see that in the scripture, don't we? Yes. Okay, so now siblings. You, can't, you have no permission to really hate on your sibling. None, period. That's it. You have no permission to do that. My brothers and sisters, look at, look at what also Jesus did. Right? His own. When he was being lambasted by everybody. When he preaches a message and he has a bunch of people leave him. Does he change the message? No. no. He can't. Right? Is he is he worried about pleasing people? No. So we need to have this same mind, right? Is he does he ask for a bu- when it's time to pay the taxes? Does he get in the pulpit and say, "Send me a thousand dollars, and uh, you're going to get a thousand dollar check in the mail. You're going to get $10,000. no, go fish." Go fish. When there's a storm that's raging and all of those people around him, his closest, and and they're panicking. Don't you care that we die? Come on, man. Don't you... Where's your faith? Where's your faith? I said we're going to the other side. So we're going to be on the other side. So where's your faith? Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus... Be in you. This is what a sound mind looks like. The things of the enemy, the things that the world does to try to shake us and break us. We're not shaking, we're just stirred. Jesus. Amen? Amen. Don't, 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 don't let it shake you, let it stir you. Thank let the fire just start blazing up. Am I running out of time? You know what? And it wasn't just Jesus. Right? St. Stephen, first recorded martyr, other than Jesus. Man, he's preaching preaching before the people that killed Jesus. And he's saying it right out. He's preaching the message. He's telling them the truth. And then they gnash their teeth at him. They say, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. No, 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 wait a minute. No, but wait, wait, it's okay. No, he, he didn't say that. They're gnashing their teeth at him. And they pick up rocks and they start to throw them at him. I see Jesus. I see him standing at the right. Did you see that? In that moment, he's saying, he's praying, Lord, don't hold this against them. That's the mind of Christ. When you're in the pinch, when you're being squeezed, when it's really bad, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus all be in you. Be humble. God's will above your own. Amen? Amen. Can you you understand that? All of the apostles suffered greatly. Not just the apostles, so many Christians. Nero. he baked them. He put them in line. He put them in the, the, the games and, and my, let this mind that was in you also being that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. He hasn't given us the spirit of right fear. Come he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, we skip love, but right, we got the power. And we've got, and this is—we're still talking about sound mind. Now we're going back to love. Okay, all right. For God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. John three sixteen. Everybody, says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God dem- demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, are you are you able to do that? Can you do that? Not not now. Look at. Jesus raised the bar. But remember where we, the premise was, where we started. First John, love has been perfected among us in, that, in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is in this world, so are we. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect. We love Him because He first loved us. My brothers and sisters, this spirit, this spirit, right? Power, love, Sound mind. If we're fearing anything, listen. I'm not saying don't trust your instincts and all this other stuff. No, if if we fear anything, man, go in the closet. Get with him. Get with him, because he's not he's not the author of that. He's not the author of that. But power, and we've talked about power, love, and a sound mind. But this is all, my brothers and sisters. I want to just. This is the linchpin. This is the linchpin for all of it. Do we love him enough to love like he loves? Because that's the thing that makes the difference. So look at it. Here's, here's the message. Here's the whole message. Do you love him enough to tell the truth no matter the consequences? Come on. Come on. Come come on you may, may, it may hurt somebody's feelings or you may get in trouble for it young people you may have to uh, confess to your mom or dad you did this i'll guarantee you, if your mom and dad are christian you know they're going to be upset and there may be a little bit of a punishment but they're still going to still love you Amen. they're still going to, and they'll probably be so happy that you admitted it i'm telling you my brothers and sisters young brothers young sisters you may have to confess something to your mom or dad do you love jesus enough to do that Because all this is predicated on that. Because if I don't love Him, then I don't have the power to do these things that He's commanding me to do. Do you have, listen, do you love Jesus enough to walk away from that relationship? Mm. Now, listen, so you all that are married, it's too late. (laughs) No, 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 you're, you're laughing, but some people use that kind of thing. Listen, if you want to go find a preacher that will give you permission to divorce, I'll find you one. But if you want to see what it says in the Bible, you have no permission. You have no permission. So, so now watch. I've got to say that knowing that there are people in this room that have, that have divorced. I'm not trying to make anybody mad at me. I'm just saying what the Word says. So now listen. So now don't turn me off. Think about this. Okay? But do you have enough? See, that's the problem. In some cases, we didn't love Jesus enough and we ended up with the wrong person. Right? So now you young people or anybody in this room who has never been married yet, you here's the word. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't get hanged. Don't, don't, listen, if that person that you're hanging with is not saved, you're making a mistake. There's that old-fashioned preacher coming out. That's the word. But so now you have to, listen, do you love Jesus enough to say to that person, listen, I, I, you know, I, I love you, um, but like a friend. We're just going to have to be friends. But there's not going to be anything that develops out of this relationship. Um, but I just hope that you can see that and understand that I just love Jesus and I just want to follow Jesus right now. Whatever the case may be, do what you need to do. <laughs> do, you have, do you love Jesus enough? May, am I going too long? Are we good? Mm-hmm. Hang on, hang on. No one's sleeping right now. but mm, Hey, listen. Do you love Jesus enough to give up that money or material thing? Do you? See, because that's what causes a lot of people to stumble. Do you love Jesus enough to be uncomfortable? Whether whether it's just in front of people or whether it's just, hey, I don't have these certain comforts in my home. I want to have this or I want to have that. Do you love Jesus enough to be uncomfortable? Do you love Jesus enough to humble yourself and obey Him no matter what? Do you? No matter what? Do you love Jesus enough to even that person that gets on your last nerve, that last nerve, even that person who, listen, even that person who you know is a hypocrite. You know it. Do you love Jesus enough to love them? Does Jesus love them? That should tell you how you should feel about Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to... Hey, Addie, could you bring that for me, please? So now we're going to see who's serious about God and who's not. Sister, no, you say to her. Bag of snakes. See who can pull them out. You get bit, you die. We should have saw a couple of other faces, man. He's, He's stupid enough to try that. No, it's a rope. Now I'm going to tell you right now, full disclosure. Steve, help me out. I've seen this done before. Maybe some of you also have. I saw Francis Chan do this. And I, I for, for the life of me, I tried to think of something else. Steve, just go walk out that door and come back in. I tried to think of something else, but I couldn't. This, this was so good of, of a demonstration that I had, to, uh, I had to do it. Go ahead, Steve. Keep walking. Go out the door. See if it'll let you come back in. See if I, I cut it long enough. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Lord, please let him come back in that door. Open the door and come on in. Hallelujah. Come on in. Hallelujah. So now watch. Just keep coming. Right there is good. All right, so now watch. If Steve, now you go back out the door. No, I want you to stay in because I want you to hear. Look. So this rope, and just imagine Steve wasn't in the room. He just kept stretching it out. That represents your—that's your life. It's going to go on forever, whether you agree with it or not. So I'm going to talk first of all. This—I I know I'm going long, but please bear with me. I—I I, I saw this done, but I'm saying something a little bit different here. Say you're not a believer in Christ Jesus. Maybe there's some people that believe in uh, reincarnation. So yeah, yeah, you're going to live forever, but you're going to keep coming back until you get it right or maybe you're new age you know yeah I'm going to keep coming back my energy is going to keep flowing but it will flow into something else until I get it right and then I achieve nirvana or whatever word they're using these days okay if you believe that fine but let me ask you this if you believe that that there's no hell and you're just going to keep getting to come back until you, if you believe that and you're wrong and I'm right with the word that I just you lose everything I lose nothing. I lose nothing. You lose everything. If you just say you're an atheist, well, I just think that my, you know, I'm going to rot in the ground. Okay, if you're an atheist or agnostic or whatever it is that you want to call yourself these days, if you're wrong, you lose everything. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, I don't lose anything. I just lived a good life. But out of all of that life, if, if it's life eternal, then this represents your life here on earth. You see that? So look at that compared to this. And and Steve, go out the door because they're looking at you now. You don't even see the end. That's the point. You know why? Because there is no end. There is no end. You will live forever. Where you live is determined by this. By this. If you're a person that lives in the United States, maybe 80 years or so, whatever it is, whatever, okay. If you're Pastor Tony, you're probably somewhere in here, maybe three quarters. If you're some of my younger students in here, man, you're way back here. So, man, I got a long ways to go. Do you? Because that 17 year old young man had plans. my brothers and sisters, if we're going to live forever and if you're a believer in Christ Jesus and you know you're going to live forever and what you do here determines on your forever, why do we spend so much time worrying about this and not that? Why do we spend all of our time and attention trying to make ourselves as comfortable as we can be here? And for me, when you're As old as I am, you're looking at, man, maybe I'm going to get to retire. Maybe me and Michelle get to do some things that we like. I won't have to work and all that other stuff. Really? And suppose I am blessed like that. Big deal. What will that be compared to seeing Him face to face? What would the last few years of my life living maybe in relative comfort, what will that be compared to seeing Him face to face? And what am I willing to sacrifice to get that at the end of my life. Is is, is this tracking with anybody? So you, you, know, you folks that are maybe a generation or so behind me and you're making yours right now, what are you making? What are you making? Well, Tony, of course you would feel that way. You've admitted. You're pr- at least at the three-quarter point. I wish I told you. I wish when I was at your point, two generations behind me, I knew what I know now. Why? Because I I wouldn't have been as concerned about this. Not at all. Not at all. My young people, it's okay to have plans. It's okay to get good grades and want to go to school and want to go to college and all that. All of that, it's good. It's a good thing. Thinking about what job you're going to have. But, but, but let me say this to you, please. If you keep this first and foremost on your mind and on your heart, this will work out for His glory. Yes. So that means the college that you go to, that means the job that you get, is going to be something that is going to be... It may not be the thing that brings you the riches... You know, It may not be the thing that brings you the Mercedes Benzes, the three of them, and, you know, and, and the big mansion on the hill. It may not be that. It may not be. But what it will do, it may be the thing that brings God glory in your life and makes you feel fulfilled more so than any of those material things can ever make you. Ever. When God is using you to help people, when God is using you... Steve, you can come back in. When God is using you to bless people... That's going to be that's going to mean so much more to you than any gold, silver, car, house. Is is this tracking with anybody? Did I lose any of you? So now look. If you don't get this, if you don't understand this, please don't leave here. If you're watching electronically, look. That's it compared to what you it's so far out, you, you, you can't see it. you can't see eternity. He's there. He's already there.. Yes, he is. Thank God. Oh, God. But if you want this to be of less importance to you, you can do that right here right now, right here right now. Jesus, I want to live for you. No longer me, but thee. Amen. Jesus, I know it's going to cost me some friends. I know it's going to cost me some relationships. I know it's going to cost me some notoriety. I know it's going to cost me some money. I know it's going to cost me whatever. I love you. Amen? Amen. Praise team, come and we'll sing a song and we'll go and we eat lunch. As they sing I'm not even sure what song they're singing but can you please my brothers and sisters I'm sure it's going to be something that glorifies God and, and, and if you would when you sing this song would you sing it from your heart and listen if God has ministered to you and you know that there's areas in your life where God is wanting to get it stirred up and burn some of the garbage out of your life now's a good time give it to him give it to him Amen? When you leave here, you'll be different than when you came. And when you leave here, if you will acknowledge, listen, the old way wasn't right. I want to go your way. Listen, He will empower you to do so. You've got to read and pray and live what you know. Amen? Amen. Jesus,